Chapter 4 of The Yellow Sheet. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Yellow Sheet. The LibriVox NaNoWriMo Project, 2007. Chapter 4. Written and recorded by Chris Hughes. The crunch was a surprise. But then everything was a surprise. The cold snap, the arrival at Narita, so many arrivals, so many departures. So many arrivals and departures that she wasn't even jet-lagged, time and geography left behind. The succulent pleasure of anonymity, geographical uncertainty, and her assignation. Abiki. Such a sweet word. Here with Mr. Aki, Aki-san. Mr. Aki-san on the sixty-something of Yoko Randoma-something. See Mr. Aki-san. Eat with Mr. Aki-san. You must meet Mr. Aki-san. E held up another of the morsels, translucent, white like lake ice, all waves and curves, sculpturous, Palakian, architectural and grandiose. Shinkin, Aki-san nods. Shinkin? Sumanai. Sorry, she asks. Shinkin Kinoko, he tells her. Fungus. Mushroom from the sides of trees. So white, she tells him. Yes, white. Kogetsu, he tells her. A bright moon. Kikuragi. White tree jellyfish, I think, he tells her. Cloud mushroom. Kikurage. Yes, for the lungs. Peri-peri, crisp. Hi. Like biting mountain air. Mountain air, indeed. The sun slides behind Fuji. Red-orange light spills over the cloud-pile carpet. The contrail cross skyscrapers of Nishi Shinjuku like mushrooms themselves. One could pluck them for the table. The windows cold to the touch. Tsumitai. The glass panels beginning to cast back the watery restaurant light. White-clad waiters aglow in the neon, swimming amongst the mushrooms. And the smell of heat, alien amongst the formality. A furnace is called to life. Milling with kitchen scents, daikon, ginger, Aki-san's western cologne, provocative vapors of warmed rice wine. Rice wine, indeed. Pacing should be in the plan, thinks E. After the kikurage, more theatrical courses, waiters sweeping back the chromed covers to unveil dishes, more alien fungus, more curious creatures, more sake, more stiff and formal Japanese conversation. The elevator that stops at every floor. Aki-san shows no sign of the pinch on his finances. Curious creatures don't come cheap, nor the style, the fashion, the exclusivity, nor, of course, the assignation itself. The abiki. Sweet word. No sign of much else either. Aki-san in the spotlight. Aki-san establishing his character. Aki-san would speak in the third person if he spoke of himself at all. As the meal slithers and swims and splashes and lopes its way on, the sky outside turns to stacks of gridded light, white stanzas with red aircraft warning commas, the cloud carpet shimmering with neon of the roji and makanami beneath. Spots from Klieg lights chase around the misty screen like a game of pong. She knows the feeling. Perhaps more jet lag than she'd admit, or rice wine, or jet lag and rice wine, Jet lag and rice wine like chlorine. The restaurant feels more and more like a swimming pool. American and Brit expats floating at the bar. Aki-san tilts his head like a curious hound. 
He's noted her sudden smile. A smile, no doubt, like a pebble in the pond. Am I funny? he asks. You like my story, he tells her. Yes, very, she tells him. And it occurs to her that last week is a blur, that Tuesday, in fact, is a blur as well, and Wednesday, for that matter, and that this day is only, in fact, the day after you arrive, the evening after you arrive, to be precise, though the precision ends there, since, if pressed, E could not tell you where she landed from, and this pleases her immensely. Akisan bows his head sharply, his eyes sparkle. Their meeting is going swimmingly, as they say. Gudo, he tells her. Good, good. While in Hamburg, he starts, but is interrupted by a waiter, bowing profusely and whispering a susurrus of Japanese. Akisan startled. Akisan breaking stride. Akisan pulling up lame. Akisan looking from E to the waiter and back to E, grinding like a bad transmission, and pop, the chopsticks come down. The arm sweeps out and the waiter turns to E as if on a string. He has a message, Akisan sputters, and the waiter bows. For you, he says, and the waiter bows again. Yoken, important, he tells her. E looks to Akisan and to the waiter and back to Akisan and to the waiter and returns the nod, and out comes a small folded piece of paper. E takes the paper, but what? But the waiter is still there and joined by another, and this one is motioning, motioning, touching her on the shoulder. Another surprise, and Akisan aghast. They motion, they point, a waitress by the door has joined the charade, and two beckons. E looks to Akisan. I don't understand, she tells him. Akisan's silent, and then, at the turn of a tap, the Japanese flows out, too fluid, atomized into white noise with occasional bubbles, burbling unintelligible English. E grasps at the stream, but it pours through. She stands. Akisan stands, clattering the dishes. Akisan stands, helpless, drowning before his fellow diners, his ibiki dissolving like the cheapest tissue. The waiter still motioning, and with a mental shrug, E following, a life of surprises. She emerges into the brightly lit lobby, eyes adjusting to another waiter, already waiting with a bow in her jacket. The little scrum slips into a waiting elevator. The elevator starts down with such intention she can almost feel herself flying, and almost as sharply the elevator slowing, her weight pouring back into her like from a pitcher, and the lights flicker once and once again. The doors slide open to a floor half-lit through smoke by emergency lights and electronic klaxon, a Japanese klaxon, E thinks, a klaxon tuned to be persistent yet soothing, insistent yet polite. Mind the smoke, please. Locate the exit, please. Go now, please. Thank you for coming, please. Leave now, please. And smoke there is, and sour, eye-burning chem-lab fumes, and a maelstrom of hundreds. A wet cloth is produced, and E is flotsam. E is jetsam. E is swept away from her scrum. E is swept into the swirling crowd and around the half-lit room, branching through metal doors and spilling down quarter-lit stairs. A life of surprises. Flotsam, indeed. The lights only illuminate the smoke, bright bubbles floating at the ceiling. Dark, invisible, rhythmic steps lie below. One floor turns into two, step, step, and two into four, step, step, down, down through the sour smoke and eye-watering fumes and warm metal doors, hot like car hoods, and panicked spray of panicked words from her anonymous, mouth-covered companions, traveling likewise down the invisible steps, step, step.
Her scrum may be just ahead or just behind, or still spinning above, flotsam indeed. As four turns into eight, and eight into sixteen, and perhaps sixteen into thirty-two, who can say? The smoke thins and the air cools, and two more floors, and the cold rises up and doors open onto a haze of flashing lights and police fans, crackling loudspeakers and helicopters, a haze of ladder trucks and pumper trucks, boop-boop sirens, news vans like antennaed bugs, and snow, a snow-covered plaza, snow-covered streets, snow-covered awnings and cars and people, all under a snow-covered sky, snow falling still. He sloshes through the trampled snow with the crowd toward the barricades, barricades manned by police, police decked out in body armor and full face shield helmets, police dressed as riot police, many, many riot police. In the crowd ahead is a westerner, a gaijin, poking up like a stubborn weed, a stubborn brown weed in a precisely mown lawn. The brown weed turns, a recognition, possible identification. E doesn't yet know what has happened, what is happening, what slew us open to wash her from the restaurant, and where it was to wash her, but she knows to move away, to move away from this man in brown. Instinctively, the man in brown is to be feared. Lowered head, hunched shoulders, smaller, smaller, she hurries her step, possible into probable and probable into certain, identification made, the man in brown is moving and E steps faster, across the street and onto the sidewalk opposite, turning into the flow of the crowd, drawn to the spectacle at the Yoko Randoma something, a note still to read but first a doorway, an empty hole, away from the man in brown, halfway up the block a gate opens onto an alleyway of overhead wires and banners, a buzzing fluorescent storefront shops and melting snow steaming on neon. A deserted alleyway, unmolested snow, deep unmolested snow, unmolested snow to her knees, traitorous snow that makes running impossible, traitorous snow laying a traitorous trail like crumbs in the forest, unhansel, ungretel, flotsam indeed. Up the alleyway, just a city block, escape no stranger but an old, old friend. She'll round the block and spiral back toward the high-rise. Recross the crowd, return to the alley, reuse her tracks. The alley opens onto a broad, brightly lit street, softened by the snow, deserted of traffic, deserted of pedestrians, quiet as church, all heartbeat and breath. Blocks ahead through the swirling snow, beyond the cones of orange sodium light, a prefecture plow, yellow flashers sparking, go smoothly about its business. E plods on, the snow deeper here, piled by the icy wind against the darkened buildings. Suddenly the whine of an electric motor, a taxi hissing pass. She's turned, only in time to see her pursuer emerge from the alley. Quicken the pace, step, step. As E approaches the corner, a yellow box van across the intersection rumbles to life, and E breaks into a churning, fighting run. The whir of tires slipping on ice and then engagement and the engine gunning. Not good, not good at all. The crowd ahead, the crackle of loudspeakers, the flash of police lights through falling snow, the roar of the engines splitting the night, dispersing loud, loud heartbeat and breath, echoing through the high-rise canyon, behind her, behind her, and now skidding to a stop in front of her. Doors swinging open to forbidding shadow, trapped, the yellow van in front, the man in brown behind, flotsam indeed. Out jumps a figure bundled in red, pulling back a hood, 
a woman, a six-foot woman, a blonde six-foot western woman in a red parka in Minato Mirai 21, Tokyoto. Well, she says, the six-foot blonde western woman tells E, what are you waiting for? Get in, sweetie. End of chapter four.